want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn with me to the fourth chapter of the book of Romans. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get something in here that God give me and try to get it across. Um, mark that the uh, fourth chapter. Mark Romans chapter 4 in your Bible. And then, if you would, as you got that marked, go over to Genesis chapter 25. And uh, I'm going to be reading verses 7 and 8. And it's about Abraham. And it's just something that Holy Spirit pumped into me. And, and we was at uh, the pastor's Wednesday. On Wednesday mornings we have, is my mic on? You can hear me? Everybody hear me okay back there? Okay, we're fine. Don't turn it up if everybody can hear me. All right, so, so we have a, a pastor's prayer meeting on Wednesday mornings. And there's four or five of us that get together, and we're out of different denominations. And, but we do agree on, on the Holy Spirit, amen. And, and uh, I think three out of the four, three out of the five speak in tongues, two don't. But, you know, we, we just came in agreement to the, the, if we speak in tongues that we should have the liberty to be able to speak in tongues. And so that's a gimme. So there's not a problem with that. And so we have this, we have this, this prayer meeting. And, and when we got out, Pastor Pickrell said this to me, okay? He said, uh, you know, Abraham was satisfied with life. And, and boy, as soon as he said that to me, it just the Holy Spirit just started pumping into me. And boy, I, I thought, wow, that is something. You know, Abraham was satisfied with life. And we talked about a few things, but I couldn't get that out of my mind that Abraham was satisfied with his life. And so I'm going to read you about Abraham out of Genesis here. Chapter 25. And these are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived. 175 years. And Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. Now I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Do I have my, I got, I got my phone with me. I never bring my phone in here. Let me see if that was Pastor Bill. If that's Pastor Bill, I'll read it. It is. Okay. Pastor Bill took his wife to the ER, okay? And things are looking good. All right. Here we go. So, so he's satisfied with his life. And, and I looked at that, and I had to ask myself this question. Am I satisfied with life? Now, now listen. It, said, it says, and Abraham was satisfied with life doesn't say that he was satisfied with his life. It said he was satisfied with life. And I looked at Abraham, and, and so my brain just goes back, and I look at Abraham. And here's the interesting thing about Abraham. Abraham wasn't born and raised in church. Abraham's father was an idolater and made idols. And Abraham lived in that environment. <clears throat> and God called Abraham out of that environment. And he, he called Abraham by faith. And what he said to Abraham was, I want you to look for a city. 
And I want you to look for a city that's not made with hands. I want you to look for a city. And so Abraham starts to look for a city. And God says to Abraham, he said, and Abraham, he said, every step that you walk, I'm going to give to your descendants. I'm going to give it to your descendants. So now that tells me right there that God is not going to have one place for Abraham to throw down his roots, that Abraham is called to be a nomad. Everywhere you go, Abraham, everywhere you go, everywhere your foot walks, I'm going to give to your descendants. So Abraham started walking. He just started walking. And he's walking because God gave him a promise. And see, now God's given you a promise, but do you walk in your promise? You want to be satisfied with life, but do you walk in your promise? Because I'm thinking that the only way that we're going to be satisfied with life is walking in the promise of God. I don't get a witness on that, but that's what I'm thinking. So he starts to walk in the promise of God, and his descendants are going to receive the benefits from what he's doing as he walks in the promise of God. Now, God calls him up out of idolatry, and so here's what we understand. He is not born and raised in the church. He is taken out of idolatry, and now he's going to be used for God. And as Abraham's walking one day, he walks right into a king, and the king is called Melchizedek. And he walks right into him. And there Abraham, by faith, give to Melchizedek a tenth of all his spoils. Now understand something, God had blessed Abraham abundantly and he was his abundance was overflowing and he was very strong and as he walked he became stronger something about walking doctors tell you to walk they say you know don't get sedimentary by sitting there I sat down too much anybody else I sat down too much okay we need to walk okay but he walks right into this king and there he gives a tenth of his Everything that he has, he gives a tenth of everything that he has to King Melchizedek. Now, here's something that most of you don't know. See, I know it. So when I say now you don't know, I'm not saying I'm part of it because I know it. But I didn't know it. But I know it now. That when Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of his spoils or everything that he had abraham got worried he got worried i give him a tenth how am i going to take care of myself he got worried i bet you didn't know that he got worried well we think about abraham giving melchizedek this tenth of everything and we think old abraham just walked away blessed you know what abraham got worried And then God took care of the worry and said, don't you worry about that because what I'm going to do is bless you abundantly even when you're in famine. It's amazing. And so when I look at that, I'm saying, you know what? That old boy's just like me. He's just like some of you that are really struggling with tithing 
okay? Because you're saying, you know what? I really can't afford it. And you know what the truth is? If you really did all the numbers, you can't afford it. If, if, if you looked at all the numbers naturally, you can't afford it. But if you look at all the numbers spiritually and biblically, then you can more than afford it because not only does he tell you to give of your tithe, but he says give of your offering also. Amen. And then see, there's something about offering that we don't understand. Offering wasn't coming in here and bringing in a, 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 two, a $1 bill or a $2 bill or a $5 bill when we have a big night, isn't that right, on Wednesday night, let alone somebody laying a $20 bill down there. That's pretty good on that offering. But the offering was taken to take care of the poor. And so they had big offerings, and, and the offering was to take care of the poor, and the tithe was to take care of the, the Levites in the church. Isn't that amazing when you start to look at that? And so, so I, I'm just, that, I just threw that in there. That wasn't even part of the message. thought maybe somebody needed that. Okay? So I'm looking at Abraham, and I'm looking at Abraham just like me. Just like me. Now, I haven't done this to my wife, okay? And, and my wife's a beautiful lady. And, and when she was young, she, she was a beautiful lady. She's a beautiful lady now, even as an older lady, okay? But, but you know, men, men are just taken back by what they see. Come on. Let's be honest. You can't say true. You don't know that. If, he, if your husband said true, but she's... You know. <laughs> They didn't get that on there. Okay, that was good. Whew. All right, but, but we, we, we kind of just, whoa, that's nice. You know, that, that's the kind of, we just look and we see this beauty and we see everything that we see. And, and so, you know, I, I really haven't done this, went into another country. And so, you know, maybe somebody thought my wife was, kind of pretty and so i say to my wife you know what i'm afraid so tell them you're my sister oh now wait a minute pastor he didn't really lie she was his half sister no she wasn't she was his half sister before they got married and then after they got married she was his wife she ceased being his sister get a hold of that Brother and sister that have sexual relationships, that is incest. Even then, that was incest. How many of you understand that? So as soon as he marries her, she ceases being his sister, and she is his wife. How many of you understand that? So then when he lies, and he tells them that he, she is his sister... She went back there being his sister, which made both of them sinful. Ah, did you get that? Because they walked out of that consummated holy matrimony that God had made. And because of fear, they walked right out of it and became what they used to be. How many of you got that? Abraham did that. Abraham did that. Now, what kind of guy is that? Now, he not only did that one time, but he did that two times. Isn't that amazing? This man, Abraham. And he, he, he did a lot of things that just weren't right. You know, like, like 
Sarah can't have a baby. And so Sarah wants a baby. And so this is legal. But what it is, it's, it's a worldly way of trying to get God to do something. You ever do that? Take a worldly way to get God to do something in the spirit. That's an oxymoron, by the way. We use worldly, carnal things and say, okay, God bless it because this is your will. Uh-uh. So, so Sarah comes up with this big idea for Abraham to take her maid or the concubine, have a baby, and then that baby was going to be Sarah's baby. How many of you got that? Isn't that amazing? And so Abraham says, okay. Now, I, I don't read in the Word, seriously, where it says, Sarah, don't you think we ought to sit down and talk about this? It's, it's not there. Where, where Abraham, you know, now wait a minute, Sarah. This, this is what God said he was going to do. Hmm. Abraham said, okay. Because I'm thinking Hagar was probably pretty nice looking. And I'm thinking that Abraham was like men. I'm saying that to you because what you just said. Point at him. Okay. So, so here they're trying to get something done. Now, don't you find this amazing that when this boy is born, Ishmael, and this was Sarah's doing, how come she didn't take that boy right into her tent and raise that boy as hers? See, because, because they did something that was really, really foolish. And not only did they do something that was really, really foolish, but it involved us even today. Isn't that right? So I'm looking at Abraham's life, and I'm saying this. I'm saying, he was satisfied with life? If God was to take you home right now, are you satisfied with life? Not saying, are you satisfied with your life? I'm saying, are you satisfied with life? Because, see, when I read there that Abraham was satisfied with life, I'm not so sure he was satisfied with his life. But he was satisfied with life because God kept every promise he said he'd keep. That's what I'm thinking. Because I don't know if we're satisfied with our life. And if I was to talk with some of you, you would probably lie to me and say, Yeah, I'm satisfied with my life. And then we sit down there and do a little bit of counseling. I find out you're not satisfied with your life. If you say to me, Pastor, are you satisfied with your life right now? I'm saying, none of your business. Okay. You understand? But see, he was satisfied with life. Now, that's the New American Standard. Okay. He was satisfied with life, and I like that. Now, the New American Standard is the only one, other than the Amplified, that will give you that translation right there, that, it's, that, that he was satisfied with life. He lived to be old, and he was satisfied with life. And why was he satisfied with life? Because it wasn't about him. It was about what God did through him and what God did for him. Because if it was about him, God would have never done anything. 
How many of you got that? And see, when we start to look at who we are, we say God can't do anything with us because of how we operate in this life. Listen, here's what we need to do. We need to believe God. And the Bible says in Romans 4, 3, Abraham believed God. That's it. He believed God. Uh, Pastor Pickerel spoke about that the other day. Now listen to this. Now we're going to go over to Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 17. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the sight of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. And I looked at that. And do you know, you know that Oral Roberts was a Methodist? How many of you knew that Oral Roberts was a Methodist? Do you know that he was never a Pentecostal? That Oral Roberts was a Methodist preacher to the day that he died. He was an ordained Methodist preacher. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And yes, he believed in speaking in tongues. But he was an ordained Methodist preacher. And even when he was preaching, the Methodists at that time had started started to lose out with secularism, humanism, and liberalism. They started to back up. Even the Methodists at that time, which was a strong church uh, uh, at the turn of uh, 1900 because it was the Methodists that God ushered in the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that the Pentecostal church came through the Methodist church? And you'd never know that today, would you? Do you understand that the Methodists do not adhere to any of the, the, the uh, Pentecostal doctrines at all, but it, th that we understand that our heritage came from the Methodist Church. And here's all I'm saying it, it, is, is that the Methodist Church at one time had some strength, but didn't have the strength that Oral Roberts had. But Oral Roberts read a passage in the Bible and listened to what the passage said to him. It said, Abraham called into being or into existence the thing that did not exist and said it was. How many of you understand that Abraham reached into an invisible world, touched the invisible God, and brought him right into his reality? That's life. Listen to me. It's not about what you've done. It's not about who you are. It's not about your behavior. It's about your faith. Can you reach into the invisible, touch the invisible God, and bring him right into your reality, even to the point of raising the dead? You see, that's what Abraham had. Abraham had faith and he believed God. Now listen to me. I'm telling you this because I believe this with all my heart. It wasn't that he was satisfied with his life. He was satisfied with life because God had accomplished every single thing that he said that he was going to accomplish through Abraham. Somebody say amen to that. And listen, that couldn't get done unless Abraham had faith in God to do the impossible. You didn't get that. See, we have faith in God as long as we look at the possible. But Abraham had faith in God to do the impossible. See, you might have things in your life right now that are impossible. Listen, God can do the impossible. How many of you understand that? God can fix the thing. I don't care how broken it is. God can fix the thing. 
We give up on relationships way too early. And guess what God does? He doesn't give up on relationships because if he did, he would have given up on you. He would have given up on me. God doesn't give up on us. Listen, and neither does he make us pay a penance that we can't pay. And that's what we do. How many of you? I remember what they used to be like. And you still hold it against them. But hey, listen, they've come to the Lord. I know, but I don't trust them. I remember what they did. How about this one? This is a good one. I'll forgive them. No, how's that go? Yeah, I'll forgive them. But what? Yeah, I I can forgive them, but I can't forget. Okay, you want to run your life like that? Go ahead. Aren't you glad God's not that way? Aren't you glad that God is different than man? See, Abraham, Abraham was satisfied with life. Then it says he died at the age of 175 years, ripe old age. And that ripe old age means the fullness. And he, and he was satisfied with life. Hmm. And I look at that and I'm thinking, you know, now that's the way I need to be. Because there's things in my life that haven't been right. I've made some really dumb choices. I know that you all don't. Okay, I know that you all don't make dumb choices, but I've made some really, really dumb choices. You know, this go just go back to a car. I've had cars that if I'd kept, I'd be a millionaire right now. Yeah, right. Just go back to some really dumb choices. You know, you know. I, I read somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, but I did read where it said that, you know, every man has turned down five fortunes in his life. Wow. I hope I haven't turned them all five down. I hope there's a few still left. But, yeah, but it says that, that men have turned down five. Yeah, think about that. You've, how many of you turned down already that might get you to India? Mike, yeah. So we need to say, okay, God, is there one more left? Right? But he believed God. Now he believed God, and he believed God could bring the thing back into existence that didn't live. Now listen in verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed in order that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. That's a promise. God honored that. Satisfied with life. Or can I say this? Satisfied with faith in God that God is able. I don't think too much about that gymnasium that we've staked back there. And then all of a sudden, for the last two weeks, people have been talking to me about that gym. And just kind of building that back up. Because my faith kind of just grew dim on that thing. And God didn't operate the way that I thought he was going to operate. And he's not moving fast enough for me. And so, But you know what? God, give us a promise. That promise still as true today as it was when he gave it to us. And so that's the way it was with Abraham. Abraham was satisfied with life. And see, you know, Pastor Pickrell made this comment last week. He said, he said, 
Abraham didn't believe in God. Abraham believed God. That, there is a difference there. Now, understand something. Abraham wasn't satisfied with his life. He was satisfied with life because of what God did. You want to hear some interesting stories? You want to hear some stories that you can actually laugh and have a good time and also cry? Take Bruce and Marie out for dinner and then have them start telling you all the stuff they did. Lamb, and don't, not the sinful stuff. Well, even that. But, but just, you, that's insane. That, that when, you, when, you, when you, but you know what? You're, you're satisfied with life. There are two people that stand on faith, and there are two people that have built their whole ministry around faith, and when they come to the end, they will be satisfied with life because of faith. How many of us understand that? Because we believe that God can do what's impossible. Some of you talk to me today, and it sounds like what you're praying for is impossible. But God works with the impossible. God works through the impossible. Listen what anxiety is. Anxiety is just fear that God can't do it. That's all it is. Anxiety is just fear that God can't do it. Somebody's going to say, no, anxiety is anger. Listen, anxiety is fear that God can't do it, and you're angry at yourself because you don't have faith to believe him. How many of you understand that? God conquers all fear. In 1 John, he teaches us, says, perfect love casts out fear. That's an amazing thing. John also goes on to say, when my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart. How many times has my heart condemned me? And how many times has God brought me through because God is greater than my heart? When I come to the end of this thing, I'm sure that the devil's going to kind of put a reflection there. Well, I've already spoken it. I'm not superstitious. I can speak what I want to speak. Okay? But here's what I'm going to say to him. And I know I tell you not to have conversation to the devil, with the devil. But here's what I'm going to say to him through the Holy Spirit. I'm satisfied with life. Because God is able and more able to do what he has promised. Somebody say amen to that. Because listen to what the word says. The word says that that he would be the father of many nations. It was spoken into him. And then verse 19. And without becoming weak in faith. Really? He didn't believe God would rescue him from a king who had won his wife. He did, and two times, he, didn't, he, did, he must not really believe God was going to give him a son because he tried to help God in more ways than one. How many times have you gotten in God's way? Or me gotten in God's way. I I remember 
an old woman in one of my dad's meetings got up and said, I've been in the way a long time. Another person got up and said, why don't you get out of the way? We've been in his way, but not a good way because we stopped believing in the impossible. You want to be satisfied with life? Because you're going to come to the end of it. Your hair getting gray? Or do you even have any hair? Pastor Don's doing that. He got more on his chin than he's got on his head. Yeah. I'm looking over there at Brother Singleton, and when I first met him, he didn't have a gray spot on that head of his. And look at that man. He's two-toned. We quit doing the two-toned cars back in the 50s. Gray. Right? Because we're getting older, we're going to meet that destination one of these days. When we meet that destination, pay attention. Am I going to be full of fear when I meet that destination? Am I going to have anxieties pulling me down when I meet that destination? Am I going to have this and have this? Or am I coming to the end of this life being satisfied with believing God can do the impossible? said, he didn't become weak in faith. Well, I beg to differ with you on many things he was weak in faith. He was. But was he, what he wasn't weak, it was when it came for, to the promises of God concerning him and his descendants and where God was bringing him. Listen, he didn't become weak. He looked at his body and he said, body, you're dead. He looked at his wife and said, her womb's dead. But God said this and God is who I believe. I will look into the impossible that does not exist in this temporal life and I will bring Bring it into this temporal life and say, this is what God has done. Somebody say amen. When the, when the angel Gabriel goes to young Mary and tells her that the Holy Ghost is going to come upon her and she will conceive a child and his name will be called Emmanuel, his name will be called Jesus, the angel said to her, with God nothing is impossible. Somebody say amen to that. Listen, with God nothing is impossible. Did he say that to Elizabeth or he said it to Mary? He said it to one of them. Okay, I think he said to Mary. But are you satisfied with life? Because satisfaction with life is the promises come together. Let's go on and just read this a little bit. And without becoming weak in faith, he, he contemplated. If, you're, if you got the NIV, it will say he faced the facts. That's the only thing of the NIV Bible I like, by the way, is that it says he faced the facts. That's the true Greek in that he faced the fact that his own body now is good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now listen to this, verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now listen to what it says. And being fully assured that what he had promised God, that what he had promised, he was able to perform. 
Listen to what it says. Therefore also it was reckoned to him or imputed to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only was it written that it was reckoned to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be reckoned as those who believe in him who raised Jesus in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Are you satisfied with life? You satisfied with life? Well, there's so many things that if we could go back, we would undo. Especially when it comes to relationships. But we can't. We can't go back. There's some things that we can do to make things better. But listen to what it's about. It's about faith in God. About faith in God. And here this man comes to the end of his life. And the devil probably was trying to beat him up every which way there could. But I can see him dying and looking at the father and say, you know what? You did everything you promised. And that is satisfying. See, I believe that people with no faith or little faith is going to come to the end of this thing or maybe have difficulties with life. But there has to be some satisfaction. And the satisfaction, let's stand. He was satisfied with life. He was satisfied with life. I think if it, Brother Don, if it had said he was satisfied with his life, then that would have left us out, Bruce. It would have left us out. But it wasn't. He wasn't left out because it said he was satisfied with life. Wow. Romans 4.3. You want to know what faith is? Abraham believed God. Period. Believe God. For what? The impossible. Somebody says, well, what was the impossible? Well, let me tell you what the impossible was. God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. Now, I watched that movie with George C. Scott playing Abraham. And God said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. And George C. Scott went through all kinds of anxiety and fear and the whole route in the movie. Screaming and crying out to God. But that's not in the word nowhere. It's just not there. Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only begotten son, your one and only. Abraham said, okay, I'll do that. Now, hey, listen, if, if you'll do your study on this, do you, do you know that Isaac wasn't a little boy? Do you know that Isaac was a man, almost man? Read it. Yeah. When you think of that, you think of an 8 to a 12-year-old boy. He wasn't. He was a young man. And he's with his dad. And they take two servants with them. And, oh, Abraham... 
looks at those two servants, those two young men that he brought to tend his animals. This is what Abraham says. See it, me and my son, we're going over to that mountain and we're going to sacrifice and then we're coming back. Read it. Then we're coming back. Woohoo, what a prophecy. Now, Abraham says, okay, I'll do it. Because I know the promise you give me. I know I only have one son. I'm not going to have no more sons. I got one son. And the Jewish people are coming through that boy. But if you get over in Galatians, it says this, that Abraham wasn't talking about seeds. He was talking about seed, one, Jesus Christ, Messiah. Abraham said, Messiah is coming through this line right here. So I'll take him. I'm going to sacrifice him. Because you've got to raise him from the dead so Messiah can come. Abraham doesn't really put it all together. Because if Abraham sacrifices Isaac, then God is bound to raise him from the dead. And Isaac can't be the first resurrection. Because Jesus is. And Isaac said, Dad, here's the fire. Because they carried the fire. said, Here's the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb. He had put that boy on that altar. And he has that knife in his hand ready to put it through his heart. And the angel stayed his hand. And Abraham looks over in the thicket and there's a ram over there. Abraham was satisfied with life. I want to die satisfied with life. And I can only die satisfied with life no matter how I die. I can only be satisfied with life. Believing that God can do what he promised. Somebody say man. I can only be satisfied with life. Not my life. I don't like some of the things that's in my life. And I don't like some things I've done in this life. No, I'm not satisfied with this life. But I want to be satisfied with life because I believe that God can do the impossible and that I can reach into an invisible kingdom and touch the invisible God and bring him right into my reality and say, God, do this thing. And he does it in the name of Jesus. God provided a lamb. 
And the lamb he provided was his son. And what did his son do? Listen to me, young man back there. He took my anxiety away. I want you to look at me. He took all religion out of me that stopped me from being who he wanted me to be. Listen to me. Everything that was broken in my life, he's put back together. That's who he is. That's who he is. Do you want that kind of Jesus? Because that's the one I want. So I'm going to ask you this question. When you leave this world, because you are going to leave this world, if Jesus doesn't come first, you are going to leave this world one way or the other. We're going to India because we have to go to India. Because the Holy Spirit has told us to go to India. We're going to India. But that doesn't mean we're coming back. Oh, Pastor, if God gets you there, He can get you back. Well, tell that to all the missionaries that's died in the mission fields. Listen, here's what's important to me. And it should be important to you. When you come to the end, are you satisfied with life? And I know you're going to be here today, Deanna. But when your husband left this world, he was satisfied with life. Because he believed God and God could do the impossible. That's one thing Paul Knowles did. He believed God and he believed God to the impossible. Somebody say amen to that. He was satisfied with life. Now we have to have the courage to go to a young man in a prison and bring him to the place where you be satisfied with life when you get to the end of this thing. That's what we have to do. God is good, right? He's very real. Can we raise our hands and worship him? And you know what? Just start asking him. If you're not satisfied with life, then start to talk to him right now. Are you satisfied? Just a closer walk with him. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, Just keep singing, Harold. If you're not satisfied with life, I want you to come right now. We're going to anoint you and speak into you. Now listen, this young man is not a backslidden sinner. And he loves the Lord. But when he gets to that place, he just wants to be satisfied with life. That God can do what he said he'd do. And he's given you many promises, hadn't he? Huh? All right. People are coming. Amen. Sing. Just a closer walk. Are you satisfied with life? Granted, Jesus.
People, I want you to look at me. I don't know how many times today this young man has walked that aisle. But he needs an answer from the Holy Spirit. And God's giving him the answer right now. He is not satisfied with his life nor is he satisfied with life. But he will be. And all it takes is one miraculous split of a second or quicker. How many of you believe that God is going to touch this young man right now? Right now. Just keep singing. Come on up here, Mr. Heath. We got another one we need to rescue. You ready to rescue? Just take your finger and lay it on his forehead. And God will give to him what you ask. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Because God right now is rescuing. Do you know that the world will rescue an animal before they'll rescue a human being? What you ask, God will do. I'm going to anoint you. Brother Don, come up here. Kathleen, come with him when I say Brother Don. Brother Bruce, come up here. Come right on up here. No, you're here. You're going to do something. Praise God. Put this on your hand. Give it to your wife. Just walk around, start annoying people. Walk around, start to anoint people. You don't not don't pray with me. Just walk around down this line. Start praying. Just go down this line. Start praying. I'm gonna pray with him. You, you want to pray with him? Come on, get it up. No, get him pray. His heart is the heart of a missionary. Here we go. Jesus is my plea. Take your hand. Satisfied, <laughs> but satisfied with life is that he believed God. That's what it was. Not, not, not what he had did, because he just was so wrong in so many things. And through this world of toils and snares, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Father God, touch my sister and touch my brother right now in Jesus' name. And Father, here's, here's what she needs to understand. She can't go by feelings. By the word of God will you stand. And by the word of God will you walk. And by the word of God shall these things come to pass. Do not be afraid to believe. Believe God. I, I think Brother Pickwell did a masterful job. There's one thing to believe in God, but another thing to believe in. To believe. Right now, in Jesus' name, go forward. Go forward, go forward, go forward. In Jesus' name.